May I have your attention? I want to remind you not to attempt anything courageous or foolish. It would come to the same thing. I want you to remember that these men have someone at my house. And they say he'll kill my wife if anything goes wrong. I believe them. It's not at all unusual. I've been held up four times in 36 years. And I can tell you the important thing is not to panic and not to try to resist. That's right. No one will get hurt. Keep the shades drawn until 9.15. Then let the people in. Tell them the rest, quick. If anyone wants a large amount of currency, tell them the time lock is stuck and I've gone to get assistance. Is that clear? Okay, let's go. So 63 of Dude and a Monkey. Uh, as always, my name is Ian Loring. I'm driving the uh, the driving the ship this week, and I'm joined as always by Jose Mourinho is a cunt. Mark Foster's in fine mood <laughs> this afternoon. Um, Ryan Kiggs is a god. Hashtag gigs in. Let's do this. It's obviously going to go horribly wrong, but fuck it. Let's see what gigs can do. Uh, can, can I cheer you up a little bit? It's not going to happen, but... Can, can I cheer, cheer you up a little bit, Arian? You, you have heard some of the Louis Van Gaal stories, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, like the one where he, at one point, took his trousers down uh, during the middle of a team talk and pointed at his balls and said, you're not showing enough of these. Yeah, he's a madman. And <laughs> I, I love that. I'm looking forward to seeing him, and I'm also looking forward to see, seeing him butt up against Wayne Rooney. Who's just signed the contract this year, so can't do any of his fucking, oh, maybe I want to leave, maybe I want to leave, bollocks. <laughs> and he'll actually have to just get on with it, which will be fun. Anyway, be fun. enough football talk. Um, and we're also joined by, um, if he's finished doing the thing he was doing. <laughs> yeah, well, don't say it like that, fucking hell. <laughs> Noel has finished <laughs> masturbating. He's, yes. uh, he's deposited his load so he'll be able to concentrate for half an hour. Yeah, just about. It's Noel Meller. Hello. Noel. Hello. Always a pleasure. Good stuff. Uh, so uh, Noel is going to be joining us for the uh, the first part of the show um, as we uh, talk about uh, the new film for the directors of Amer, The Strange Colour of Your Body's Tears, which randomly as fuck turned up on UK Amazon Instant Video 
and no one seemed to fucking know about it. Mark just saw that it was there. Um, so good work, Mark. Um, and then uh, Noel's going to leave us. We're going to talk about some trailer talk at that point. And we're also going to review Wally Fister's Transcendence. We're going to get fisted to a higher level of consciousness. Um, and then we're also going to do the next part in the uh, untitled John Milius Marathon. Mark, have we got any names for that yet? No. Good stuff. Um, I, think, I think we should just leave it as the untitled John Millius Marathon. I, I like that, actually. Let's just do that. Um, so the untitled John Millius Marathon will continue with the 1975 film. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, the Wind and the Lion. Um, so at Ian Loring, at DudeFoz, at DoodleTheMonkey, DoodleTheMonkey at gmail.com. Uh, I will also say as well, we had a very, very, very nice email. Um about 35mm Heroes, actually, which I haven't told Noel or George about, uh, George about yet, because I just remembered it. Um, so I'm going to forward it to Noel and George in a bit, but um, just going to... I think I know the name, but just in case I got it wrong and I don't want to embarrass myself, you see. Um, yeah, Richard J. Winters Third, which is a fantastic name, uh, emailed us a very, very nice um, email about 35mm Heroes. He didn't know where to send it, so he sent it to Dude and the Monkey. Um, so yeah I'll forward that in a bit thank, uh, thank you Richard and um, no other feedback for Dude and a Monkey so um, f- fuck you everyone <laughs> um, and uh, yeah but we've got some Twitter questions anyway so we'll get into it uh, Mark are we good to go yeah uh, we are good to go oh. yeah bounce this motherfucker nice Noel have you got anything to uh, to plug or uh, talk about oh no especially let's, let's keep it all about you Let's keep it all about us. That, that's, that, that, doesn't that sound nice? Doesn't that sound yeah. nice? Okay, so um, let's not bother having a clip because I'm not entirely sure what it would be apart from old sound cues and like stabbing sounds. I have a bit of a personal bugbear with podcasts that play clips from movies, uh, from foreign movies as well. I'll be honest, I did for The Raid 2, I put in a clip. But it was because it was just a minute of... Yeah. Like, podcasts, podcasts that play clips of movies of, like, foreign dialogue and are scenes where it's just sort of random sounds really bug me. So, kind of, if you were planning on doing a clip from Strange Color of Your Body's Tears, you'd yeah. really only have those two things to choose from. I, mean, it, 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 I agree with that. It, it is literally just somebody awkwardly listening to something for two minutes going, I don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, does anybody want to do their impression of a clip from Strange Colour of Your Body's Tears? <laughs> yeah, I think it would probably go... <sighs> yeah, it literally would. That genuinely kind of sounded like you just clicked on a soundboard there and just got like a, a, a random sound from it. That was very good. Um, all right, so it's like like throwing an orgasm and a box of knives down some stairs. Yeah, yeah that's very good. While uh, kind of an old record just kind of plays in the background or something. Um, so yeah, the show's kind of your body series directed by uh, Helen Katat and Bruno Forzani. I probably not how you pronounce them, but then mine. Pardon me. Uh, follow up to their film A Mare, which um, we were all extremely fond of. Um, I know it was in my top ten that year. I wouldn't be surprised if it was in Knowles. Yeah. Yeah. And Mark? I'm pretty sure it was number one. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. It, was, it might have been number one, actually. Yeah. Um, it was number four? I think, I think it was, it was, 
I think it was about seven in mine or something like that. Number four in mine. Nice. So, um, yeah, I mean, we were all massive fans of him there. Uh, Strange Color Your Body's Tears. Um, played uh, LFF, I believe, and um, it uh, got some sort of theatrical release a couple of weeks back. Um, but it's obvi- obviously not that big because it just popped up. Um, I don't know if it's available on any other VOD platforms in the UK. Uh, like, the only one I could see was Amazon, but I might be wrong. But, uh, yeah, so, um, who should we start with? Noel, you're the guest. Uh, the Strange Colour of Your Body's Tears. Um, orgasm in a box or knife in the cunt? Well, to be honest, a little bit of a mixture of both, because I think I was, I was massively, massively looking forward to this film. I, I, you know, the... We will inevitably draw comparisons between this and Amare because I think it's a film that we all really love, and I have incredible, like, I have really good memory, really good memories of Amare as well in terms of the way that I came to it, and then seeing it with you and George for the first time, and um, you know, Amare was a film that was submitted to Grim Up North, and it was submitted at a time when I was literally going through tons of crap uh, to get through, you know to get through and sort of try and find some sort of gem. I was watching an awful lot of movies, horror movies, and they were all kind of pretty shitty. Um, and then I stumbled upon a mare and it just blew me away. Um, but because I, because I'd kind of seen it in that sort of grim up north vacuum where all the, all, all the other films I was watching were absolutely terrible or all the other films that weren't selected, of course. Um, I was a little bit unsure as to whether or not I, it was that good. Um, and then we saw it at Fright Fest, myself, you and Jordan, and um, that kind of confirmed for me that I was right, you know, sort of seeing your your reaction to it. So I have very, very fond memories of Amare, and um, as such, as I say, I was massively looking forward to this. Um, unfortunately, I think some of the things that I adore about Amare um, are absolutely here uh, in The Strange Colour of Your Body Says... But um, I think it's just there's, it's missing something else, and we'll kind of get to it. Uh, you know, there are good things, there are good elements and bad elements, but overall, uh, I, I'm, I'm really, really, really disappointed to say that I was kind of bored for most of it. Um, so yeah, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. There's great stuff in there, but overall, my overall. The word that I will come away with 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 this film is is, is bored. I should just say as well the plot of the film because I completely forgot. There's not much of a plot in fairness. Um, Klaus Tange, uh, that's probably not how you pronounce his name either, uh, plays a man who has been away on business. He comes home and he finds that the door he finds that the door has been chained from the inside, but that his wife has disappeared, and he basically tries to look for her. That that and it goes on from there essentially. Um, so, yeah, uh, bored would be Noel's operative word. Uh, Mark? Um, yeah, very much uh, similar going into it. I was very much looking forward to it. Um, the, the trailers have all been fantastic. They've looked and given that sort of sensory kind of styling that we had with um, uh, the poster is, is just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and um, I wish we were know, reviewing I, the poster because yeah. it's yeah. the best one I've seen in years. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, it... it um, I would very much like to own a copy of the poster. Uh, the first 20 minutes of the film, I, it follows that very similar theory than there, and it does draw you in, and it looks absolutely sumptuous and gorgeous and lovely and rich, and 
you know, the, the, the sound bit where you've got the, the, the woman um, putting the, the um, what's it called again, the doctor's thing. I've got a word in my head, but I know it's the wrong word. Stethoscope, yeah. The yeah. stethoscope against the scene and all that, and you've got all that sound going on, and it's wonderful and it's magnificent. And then it gets, it starts going further down this sort of labyrinth and this rabbit hole. And the problem with it is, is they, they just seem to have too many ideas and they threw all of them at it. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. And it, it drags along, and I think at one point I um, I paused the movie to go and get another drink, um, and an hour had gone, an hour and one minute had gone, and I thought, shit, I, I thought I was like 10, 15 minutes away from the end, and then it, it, it's, it's watched over an hour and 40 long, it, yeah. it feels like a two hour plus, and I mean a two hour plus movie, Um it's, there's some wonderful, gorgeous visuals in it, but it does, it does seem to repeat its ideas, uh, and its, its motifs just in different styles over and over again. And whereas A Mare was about, uh, it, it very much is about sex and maturity and awakening, this, um, is a little bit more where, it's just pretty visuals, um, and even though there's more of an actual plot and a more of an I- central idea to the strange could your body stays than there is to a mare, there's there is certainly I think less substance and more showing off. Yeah, um, I'm I'm pretty much on the same wavelength. Disappointingly, really, it would have been um, it would have been lovely to uh, to have offered some sort of counter viewpoint. But the the thing that I think that goes wrong with this that goes wrong with this film is that with the mayor you've got three separate sequences whereas this you know it's one not whole narrative as such and the problem is that with a mayor because you had that breakup and there was kind of like a different focus and there was a different visual palette it kind of like it just basically resets itself every half hour and and uh, and that I think allowed for what they're doing to work better because it was essentially more like three short films. Whereas if you've got what these guys do, but for the entire length of a film and it's the same kind of visuals, even though there is some awesome shit in there, it, it you know, there's an awful lot of it where it's repeated as well and, and like repeated sound cues and it, it just, it, I, I agree with what Mark's saying there, where where it feels like they just had they had too many ideas, and for me, it almost feels like this is their first film, and then the mayor is their pared down, more focused second film, and yet they've got it the wrong way round. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just I, I also the thing is. Amer and this film, they're, they're experiential films. I mean, Amer is not a film about story. It's about evoking a mood and evoking ideas about sexuality through images and sound design instead of actually having a real proper grab hold onto its story. I think you could say some people who would defend Strange Colour, I think, could probably say, well, this doesn't really have a story either. But it certainly sets itself up as having one. And, you know, there, there are moments where, you know, scenes play out and they are kind of ordinary in a narrative sense. 
so it, it's maybe they're just paying lip service to it, but you've got that stuff interspersed with really long sequences of not all that much happening. And and it that's ju- what, yeah, sorry, go on, no. I was just going to say, and that's that's the kind of the key problem is you know, like I say, the things that we love about Amer and the 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 you know, Amer is probably the single most visceral movie experience I think I've ever had. It just you can feel everything in that film. You can feel you feel shots of people's like hair standing on the back, standing up on the back of their neck, and everything is just so you're placed right in the middle of that. And what I, what I'm saying about sort of like you know there are good things and bad things about this film. The good things are that those things are still in here, and the the directors are able to kind of show you look. We are giving you that same visceral experience. And look, we also really, really understand the movies that we're referencing, but we can still kind of bring something new and fresh to it. And in those moments, they absolutely do all those things. They they give you a visceral experience. They bring something new to the table and they show you deep but original references to, you know, to Italian, to Italian horror movies and stuff like that. The problem is, is with a real sort of lack of a plot that goes beyond sort of, you know, a man as like a man's wife has disappeared and he's looking for her. Beyond that, you've got nothing to power you through to the next set of images and the next set of visual and, and sort of audiological aesthetics. So you just become stuck in a bunch of artistically created movie scenes. So there's just, there's nothing to power you through to the next bit of that, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. It, it does seem a little bit too much like this is this is um, visual art. It's like a visual art portfolio that they've been strung together um, with a narrative to kind of try and make it seem like it's telling a story. When in fact, it, it, it's actually not. And there's no problem with the film not telling a specific story and not having a specific narrative uh, when the primary function of the film is, is the visceral, the, the visuals, etc. Which is what, uh, you know, to an extent, amazing, which is what, to a large extent, The Strange Colour of Your Body's Tears is, without question. And that's why some of the scenes do work in a very evocative way, and they, they, they do work. But the problem is, is if you're going to do that, they've all got a pop. They've all got to work. And also, once you go beyond that 100-minute threshold, uh, you've got to have something. You can't constantly hint uh, saying, here's a plot, here's a plot, he's looking for this, and, and go down those avenues, and then go, right, we're going to go down that avenue, but then we're going to have this for 20 minutes, and then have really, essentially, no real kind of payoff towards it. You come out of it going, I enjoyed the visuals, but why hint at telling a story then not actually tell a story? Is it that you just didn't have a story to tell? It's just that you had to have something to tie all of these ideas together. I genuinely, sorry, I was just going to say, I genuinely have no idea what was happening in the last 40 minutes of this film. And I don't think it was because I wasn't concentrating. No, I wasn't... Kind there wasn't of too idea, much but... to concentrate on, really, in terms of... Yeah. There wasn't too much to follow. It was literally just... A, it was, as I say, it was visual and audiological scenes, like art scenes. Hmm. I mean, I even got to the place where I didn't even know which one his wife was. And at one hmm. point, you see a decapitated head. 
But I, I like it, it just like and who Laura was and what his relationship to her was and that like the last scene in the film that kind of feels like a scene towards the end of an Argento film where you get the re- like this flashback to the childhood that provides the backstory for the killer except then it just ends and it, it just I I I and I mean like and you know by the time you've got the tenth image of a head wound that looks like a lady's hoo ha. You know, it just, I, 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 yeah, what Noel was saying, I needed something to grab onto to power me through. That's exactly it. And it's, 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 it's crushing. It's never gonna, it's never gonna, I mean, it, it's, it's all the more disappointing because it starts so well. Like, yeah. I think it starts off with, you know, really great credits. The credits bought me in. I know it's like a, like simple red impact on black sort of, but like the way they sort of cut together, those sort of like, uh, those black and white images and then stopped on them and stuff. Mm. It was sort of, it was a, an interesting credit scene. It was also kind of wrong footing you as well. Like, I didn't know when the film had started. Like, I, I, I wasn't quite sure when the film had started. And I kind of liked that. And then when the film does start, you start getting some of the really gorgeous, lovely stuff that you want. Like, the, the whole, there's, there's a scene with the guy heading back from the airport and he's in the back of a taxi. Oh, and, it's you know, obviously the that's, yeah. the, the, the colours that are being used there, you know, we all know exactly what film is being referenced there. He gets mm. back to, he gets back to his house. His wife's called Edwidge. That's, of course she is. Um, <laughs> but for what follows there is like a, a brilliant bunch of scenes. Like every other scene, you've got those sort of like kaleidoscopic sort of moments where there's, um, there's sort of, uh, what do they call them? Like stained glass windows and stuff like that. And then there's sort of some split screen stuff and it's all very beautiful. And even moments where he's just walking around his apartment, you know, they don't just show him walking around his apartment. They show him walking around his apartment through a, a, a fucking vase or a chair or something that just sort of makes the frame a bit more interesting. Yeah. And it starts so well because you're just like, oh, this is beautiful. This is brilliant. I love this. And then, the scene that Mark referenced as well, that with the stethoscope on the ceiling, that was a brilliant scene. That was one of the most like textural sort of things that you could really sort of, and, and, and such a brilliant idea, right? Yeah, we want to do more sort of visceral stuff. We want to we want to sense and feel everything. All right, we'll introduce that that whole sort of stethoscope idea with somebody in the next room. Brilliant idea. But once you get beyond that. You get to a point in the film where, you know, for, for Mark, you said it was for an hour, uh, about an hour in. For me, I think it was about 40, 45 minutes in, where you start looking at your watch and sort of pausing it. Well, for me, I was sort of pausing it to see how long was left. And I'm like, fucking really? We're 40 minutes in here. I need something else. I need something more than just these aesthetics to keep me going. And it just never came. It was it was after the bit where he's in his apartment, he's kind of looping round, and there's an intruder, and the, like there's somebody at his intercom, and it's him, and that bit. That after that sequence, I dropped out a bit, even though I really that sequence. I don't know what the fuck it meant, but it was awesome, and the the imagery that kind of reminded me of like um it, uh, the company of wolves where like you got the uh, the kind of the werewolf trans- transformation and that the, the the kind of like the the body coming out of the his body or whatever it was that stuff was awesome yeah and like on a visual level i was just this is my jam you know mm. and i mean i was in then 
But I kind of think that and the, the stethoscope scene, which is incredible, I think those are like the two high point scenes of the film, at least for me. And then after that, it does turn into him walking through a corridor, sees some woman, somebody gets knifed, there's some sort of head wound, rinse and repeat. It is, it, the thing is, is very much within the film, it was, it was like, anytime you saw a shot of a woman, you were going, right, in about three minutes, I'm going to see her naked. Sure. And it was, it was a little bit like that. It, it is, it's, it, it's got, it's got its visuals and its visuals are amazing. It sounds amazing. But once it, once it doesn't have those, and unfortunately there were sequences where the visuals didn't quite do it for it and the ideas didn't quite work and they didn't quite click and they lose, once it doesn't have those and those are interesting and those are keeping your attention, there's nothing there to continue keeping that. And if that scene goes on for two minutes, fine. But when you have a, a, a sequence for 20 minutes where you're going, this doesn't even look as interesting as the previous 20 minutes. I've no idea what's going on, because let's be honest, the filmmakers don't know what's going on. Yeah. These are just pretty images, but they're not that pretty to me. I'd go one stage further, actually, and say, you know, as beautiful as the images are in the first sort of... 20 minutes and uh, you know as I say I really kind of enjoyed the first 20 20 or so minutes of the film I think what happens about what certainly what happened for me about halfway through it is it had lost me on plot and I started to get really frustrated with it so when those great images and those great visceral moments come back later and they do and but you know that the, there's there's really interesting visual stuff going on towards the end of the film, which I think is is absolutely beautiful. And, and in another in another setting, I would have really really enjoyed. But as I say, I would take it one stage further and say that once you get to that point, or once I got to that point, I was so frustrated with everything that I ended up kind of turning on those moments and almost being like, all right, yeah, well, what's going to happen now? Oh, right, she's going to throw her head back. Then I'm going to see a, a razor blade, and then there's going to be some blood. And Oh, yeah, what, some broken glass, obviously. Like, I, I kind of I kind of turned on it for those reasons because I hadn't, I hadn't like, the film had lost me and I'd kind of, had not given me anything to buy into. So I just felt like I was getting, oh, yeah, more of the same. More, another reference here, another reference there. Go on, throw a fucking red... Bulb on. Uh, do you know what I mean? It, you just, yeah, I, I think, think you it, kind it, of it, turn against it because it's not giving you more, and you kind of, I don't know. With these, with these type of films, I think it is is once it loses you, that's it. You're gone. Mm. Uh, I think that very much it is is it with the, with this type of film. If you're gonna go that art house, and this is you know this is art house cinema, it's, it's artist, isn't it? Really, if, if you're gonna go down that route. Once you lose people or you fail to connect with people, that's it. Like, you can't really bring them back because it, it, cause doing that would then validate whatever else it is that you've done that's wrong with the film. And there is, sadly, there is, there is so much wrong with, with this film. It's, it, the problem with it is, the main thing wrong is it's too indulgent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it I, but, I don't know, I mean, it is, it is super, super indulgent, but with a mare, I think a mare is, is incredibly indulgent as well. Yeah. It just, the visuals in that are great, and I, the, the atmosphere it creates is fantastic. And 
I don't know. I just I I'm more engaged by what's going on on screen in a mare. It frankly it holds my attention more. And I mean, it's maybe the thing is that could the thing is I was kind of thinking that maybe my view was just maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind when I watched it or something like that. I thought that might be the case for me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then the the fact that all three of us seem to be singing pretty much from the same hymn sheet on this. That does have me thinking, and also it is interesting just how low key this has been. Like, you know, if the Fright Fest guys liked this, they'd mm. be fucking shouting from the rooftops on social media about this being available. Yeah. You know, and you know, and it just it strikes me as odd that this has really had fuck all attention from from genre. Um, like uh, publications and whatnot, you know, it's that that's interesting. I, I the thing is, I I noticed it um, last Sunday. I noticed that it was no last Sunday, like last, last Monday. I noticed that it was available on Amazon, but it, it was I noticed it very late at night and thought, oh, I'll watch that, and I thought I can't watch it tomorrow because I'm at work. I can't watch it the day after it come out, and then. Uh, and I was working on the right Saturday the next time I could watch it, but then I completely forgot the next day that, I, that I'd seen it on there. And it wasn't until Friday I thought, shit, Trade Clear Body says, I'm going to give that a watch. And then mentioned it to you and said that it was available. But, but you know, there was no sort of big fanfare, even from um, whoever is distributing it. And I'm sure, I've, I'm sure I've had a PR thing, a couple of PR things about it. But there was even no fanfare from them saying, oh, strangely, your body's saved. By the way, that's available on Amazon now. You know, and you'd expect it to get out there. But, I mean, to give a, um, a an opposite view of it, um, I watched it with, with Becky, who um, has watched Amer a couple of times, and she's not a massive fan of Amer. Um, she preferred this to, to Amer. Okay. She got on better with this than she did with with Amer. Um because she thinks that, that this had more uh, of a tangible idea behind it than a man did. Uh, and of course, she's incredibly wrong. Um, but <laughs> I, I can say that because she won't fucking listen to her. Um, so, yeah, so, um, but, but that is it. She didn't get, we, all three of us loved the man, uh, and we, this just didn't click with us. But for that opposite, um, she's just texted me saying, not wrong, asshole. Uh. <laughs> Nice. The thing, the thing is, I was just gonna say, I, th- I genuinely actually think she's right. Like, on paper, at least, anyway. Like, it kind of does because there's there's something there. I think, I think in terms of, it's difficult. Like, yes, Strange Colour Bodies Tears has more of a plot, but Amer has kind of more of a narrative because you're following this this woman's life in these, you know, these important three stages in her her sexual development yeah. so it may you know yes um strange color your body's tears has a more tangible written synopsis on the imdb page something that's easier to explain be it in a review or on a, uh, as i say on an imdb page than a mare but a mare has more for me to hook onto because it's 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 more of a I'm being placed in the experience of someone. So all those aesthetic things that work so brilliantly in a mare work well because I'm being placed in the experience of the person that's having them. 
when you introduce a narrative or you know a narrative in the loosest possible sense of the word like in this film you kind of you kind of having to sort of wedge those aesthetic things in and those those sensory things in so i don't know maybe that's the reason that it doesn't quite connect in the same way yeah i yeah that that's that's absolutely spot on i think actually yeah no um sorry i've kind of forgotten what i was going to say um never mind sorry <laughs> no it, it's it is a real disappointment so it's, it's a real kind of letdown i think maybe going into it with expectations as high as in with it and the fact that the first 20 minutes is so wonderful it it, it it maybe going back and looking at it again in maybe six months time with you know with that more balanced expectations and you know going back and looking at it from a more a less kind of like this thing fucking amazing kind of way I, I might come out of it a little bit different I might go well hang on a minute all right yeah that I like that bit a little bit more this time round or anything like that there's that possibility that's certainly certainly there but right now I'm just hit by this kind of this this feeling that it, it just like they, they took for granted that just these things just you know um, kind of like magpieing sound clips and you know and, and these other bits from certain things would would be enough to, to get me through it and it, it just wasn't uh, and it was interesting you notice in the credits they uh, referenced um, other special scenes directed by other people oh really oh. yeah um, apparently Peter Strickland Oh, Bavarian um, Sound Studio, man, okay. Bavarian Sound Studio directed um, the um, screams that you hear. He directed the screams? You know the, the, the big oh, right. screams that you hear in it? That was him. Okay. Who, he, he directed that shot and did the sound and all for that shot. Uh, and a guy did they not called... not get De Palma to do it? They should have got De Palma to do it. Yeah. <laughs> a guy called Carl Lemieux. Uh, directed, uh, did um, some of the um, artwork on it, apparently. But it, 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 they are referenced in the credits as special directors. <laughs> that doesn't special help directors that. of the film, or just special directors that they I, like. This is yeah. a special directors. It was only because I was sat there as it was as the credits were scrolling. I was going, I do like red fucking credits. I, I do really like the credits. So, do you know what? I watched all that. I'm going to fucking watch the credits. And I sort of thought, it, it went past and I thought, sure that said directors. So I had to rewind it. Which rewinding, by the way, on Amazon Prime isn't fucking easy. Holy. Oh, it's not. It is. Because you, you press it and it, it doesn't actually rewind back through the visuals. It just rewinds to a time and then you hit play and it goes back to that point. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> But yeah, so that, that was a bit a bit strange. It wasn't too much of a problem because I wasn't exactly rewinding to rewatch sections of this film at any point. <laughs> if anything, no. I would have probably encountered that problem if I was trying to fast forward. Yeah, yeah, without question. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, oh God! Definitely shit. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, it, 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 it's the same for me. There's just there's just not enough there to get it. I definitely not shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck this up actually and say that it's 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 definitely not shit. Just okay. because Good. 
I think it's beautifully directed and it's beautifully put together. I know we've been negative on it and I know that's because we're all very disappointed, but it is, it's beautifully put together. Um, it's just, the problem is, for me, while Amer was a film that I would certainly, Amer was a film that I would recommend to, 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 to you guys and, and people I know like you, and then maybe I'd recommend it to some other people and just explain to them what it was and just go, yeah, just go in and, and just see what you think. I would not recommend this to anyone else because, you know, I can imagine somebody watching Amer and being like, yeah, this is arty bollocks. But I sat through the strange color of your body's tears and at points was sat there thinking this is arty bollocks. <laughs> you know, yeah. at points, though it's beautiful and it's really well done so I can't I just can't bring myself to say that it's shit because it's just it, it's not shit it's just it's just slightly misguided uh, the thing is I go with I disliked it more than I liked it so yeah. therefore in our two tier system yeah. that yeah. means I mean like it's almost like you'd have to introduce a third bracket which maybe we can with with your um, with your introduction Noel how about not definitely not shit or definitely shit constipated <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah or touching cloth <laughs> touching cloth or constipate oh fuck what do you think Mark I like touching cloth alright cool alright so that's, the, that's the first Touching cloth rating for a film. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with touching cloth on that. Do you know what? Yeah, I will go with touching cloth as well. (laughs) I'm I'm so proud right now. We're getting so many fucking posters in the future, aren't we? Charles Edwards, (laughs) stick that on the fucking DVD cover. Touching cloth. (laughs) Um. People, a lot of people don't know who Giles is, but he knows who he is if he's listening. So there you go. Um, all right. So <laughs> touching cloth, uh, half recommendation, half not recommendation for strange color of your body's tears. Uh, no, thank you very much. Very thank welcome. Much. Always a pleasure. Nice one. And, uh, you are free to leave, sir. Thank you. All right. Take it easy. Have a good show, gents. Cheers. Cheers, bud. Bye. 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 Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I just just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time though. I mean, I must. This is on. You can find us at chinstrokerversuspenter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? 
Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host, Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com. to the trash okay so uh, those were some promos from uh, shows that we like and we recommend um, thanks again to Noel um, for uh, helping to introduce a new rating to Dude and a Monkey as much as anything else uh, which I, I actually genuinely think is probably going get, to get used quite a lot in the future oh, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think a three tier system rather than a two tier system uh, does kind of give us more score yeah so um, yes yeah no absolutely so um, right we'll, uh, we'll kind of rewind a little bit then and we'll drip uh, drip drop into some trailer talk uh, because of the two reviews we're not doing one old one new this week by the way folks but I'm sure you already gathered that by the intro um, right so Mark what have you been watching trailer wise this week uh, there's not been a, a, a great deal that, uh, that's kind of come out um, over the past uh, few days um, saw a new another uh, trailer a more um, plot kind of giveaway trailer for X-Men uh, before uh, Transcendence, ah, yes. um, which very much lays out the plot and what's kind of happening. Um, still very, you know, still quite excited by it. Um, it would slow sort of worries about the fact that it, it, it does seem to be painting incredibly, um, you know, it's going into a lot of detail and it, it does seem like it's going to be really big. However, the fact that we know that the next film is going to be X-Men Apocalypse kind of makes you go... Well, it looks really big, but you know that the ideas for the next one have got to be bigger. Yeah. So there is that kind of, well, hang on a minute, is this just all a big build-up to the next one, which might be the last, but it might not be. Um, but still looks like it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm interested to know how long it's going to be. Uh, two hours 25, I reckon. I reckon, yeah, I'd say about two, I'd say between two hours twenty and two hours thirty certainly. Um, a new trailer for uh, Edge of Tomorrow, um, which I still think should have been called All You Need Is Kill. It's a better title. Yep. Um, it, I like. I have that to I like Tom Cruise. Um, I, 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 but I, I just can't seem to get in with this film. It just it doesn't interest me that much, uh, and I'm sure. When I watch it, it'll be it'll be entertaining, but it's not one that I'll be you know wanting the cinema to see. Um, trailer for I think the, the, the big trailer we got uh, this week was the uh, Boyhood trailer, which landed mm. uh, a film that a lot of people have actually seen, but we're only just getting sort of the first trailer coming through. Uh, I think we actually spoke briefly uh, about Boyhood when we did our Richard Linklater um, what, what's it uh, marathon last sure. year where we mentioned the fact that it was going to be really interesting, the fact that he's used the same actors, but over a 12-year period. Um, and it, it, is, it is, without question, an incredible um, passion project. From him. And it's a great idea. It's somebody massively thinking outside the usual conventions of the cinematic box and everything like that. Um, and the, but there's, you know, it looks very good, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm a big link later fan. Uh, but there's, there's there's two things that have kind of made me go cringe a little bit with the whole thing. One is the reaction where I've seen a few people saying 
it looks a bit kind of TV movie in its, you know, in its aesthetic. Uh, I was a bit like, hang on a minute, this isn't a budget film. This is a film that a guy has essentially been making almost out of his own money um, over the past 12 years because nobody thought it was a good idea. Everyone thought, you can't do that. There's too many variables for us to put any money behind it. You know, what if the kid... You know, anything happens to the kid halfway through. If anything happens to any of the other class, what if you fall out with his parents? Any of these. So essentially, he's almost been funding it himself, very, very independently. But this isn't an independent movie that he's been getting funding for for twelve years to make. It's an independent movie that he's been getting funding for over twelve years and having to tie all of these things in. But then there's the whole, you know, it's. Um, it's historical, it's cinema history in the making. It, it, this, this, this will to overblow uh, things is, is just getting a bit tiresome, really. You know, ha, you know, the film hasn't gone out there yet. You know, it's, it's a great idea, it's a very imaginative idea, it's wonderful, but is it, is it one of the greatest cinematic events ever? It's a bit reaching, would you say? That bugs the shit out of me because it's not even the cinematic history thing. It's not even a quote from anywhere. It's the marketing department have said that it's not a quote. Jeez, I thought it was. I honestly thought it was a quote on the. I'm loading up the trailer. I'm loading up the trailer again right now because it's towards the start of it. I'll just keep on talking. But that, but I mean, the trailer. I think it looks fantastic. I'm really, really looking yeah. forward to it. But that bothered the living shit out of me. That, yeah, here we go. In 2002, Richard Linklater created a story about a six-year-old boy and his family. And then there's an image of the boy uh, filming them for the next 12 years. And there's another image. It's like images of him kind of growing up, growing up, growing up. They made cinematic history. That's not a, so that's not a quote. That's just the crawl at the start of the trailer. It's not like history. That, it, well, well, it totally is because you know it's a film. It'll be made. It's been made there, and it will be released in cinemas. It's so. like the thing is, it's like if the late Nate's Transformers: Age of Extinction trailer said in 2014, Michael Bay makes cinematic history, making the fourth Transformers movie. It's essentially yeah. the same thing. Hmm? It, it's, it is. I, there's just there's there's a kind of the, the the marketing company trying to trying to sell this sense of import about the film. Yeah, you get the feeling as well that um, that Linklater will watch that and go, it's a "Bit wanky, that isn't it?" Yeah, I would like to think he would. I I I would somebody who has has spent so much in the indie realm and has been very happy to to just be around that and occasionally pop his head up to make sure that he can still be in the indie realm uh, and pay the bills. I would think he'll, he he's he's sensible enough to go. Oh, that's a bit wanky. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I I don't know that that bob. I I tweeted that when I first saw the trailer. That bothers the shit out of me. Yeah, it, it, it bugs me. Um, the other trailer I watched, um, the trailer for uh, Let's Be Cops, 
Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Have you watched this? Yeah, man. Um, I won't go and see this in a cinema, but I'm looking forward to watching it on Netflix with a beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly like that. Um, I, I laugh four or five times in the trailer, uh, which, you know, is enough for me to go, yeah, no one's going to see that, but I won't be rushing to see it at the, at the, at the theatre. Um, I fucking I'll, I'll love Jake Johnson, man. I fucking love that guy. He, 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 he gets me in films. I, I'll, 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 I'll subscribe to that. Um, a trailer for um, a what? Well, I think will either be a very small release film, um, the or probably maybe even go straight to VOD. A horror film called Jezebel um, about a, a woman who is paralysed in a car accident, has to move back home uh, and find some tapes of her mother uh, reading uh, her fortune and it's, it and basically starts seeing stuff that's going to happen to her and all kind of shit like that. Looks very, looks like it might be quite creepy and, uh, you know, quite a fun kind of, you know, video at home, uh, you know, late Friday night watch. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to, to catching that some point again. Won't catch me running the cinema uh, to see it. Uh, and the other one that we got was, I got before the... Um, for Transcendence, um, I got what I, what to be honest, what I thought was the uh, Wolf Creek 2 trailer. Uh, and then um, it turned out to be uh, the teaser for the new In Between Us movie. Oh, God, uh, there's one of those, is there? I didn't yeah, know it, it was. It, it, what it is, it starts out where there's this, where it's set um, in the outback and it's at night and it's really dark. And you've got this one, you've got these Aborigines doing this dance and they're all, there's all this stuff going on. There's this one guy who, you know, isn't an Aborigine, who is dressed a little bit like the guy from the first Wolf Creek movie, who's just kind of doing something, looking a little bit sinister. And I thought, and it's all set out quite sinister. And I thought, oh, this is a trailer for Wolf Creek 2. That's weird that this is getting played before Transcendence. And then a car goes by and Jay from the in-betweeners uh, hangs out a bit and shouts fire wankers at them and then drives off. I, I thought, oh, that's, that's pretty shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I watched the In Betweeners movie uh, and it was it was horrible, it was awful, but it made me laugh uh, quite a few times. Uh, I'll never watch it again, uh, but it wasn't as terrible as I expected it to be. I have a feeling the sequel will be. <laughs> I I, I fucking loathed the first In Betweeners movie. I that I oh, no, don't even get me started. <laughs> Yeah, I I would never go as far as to say it's it's a good movie, but I I didn't hate myself after I watched it. Is as far as I will go. It would I'm, be a, if we're reviewing it, it would be a it's shit. I, yeah, yeah, no, I would think so. Um, I will say there are no Aborigines in Wolf Creek too. If you, if like, you I, I, I've not seen it yet. No. If if you see any Aborigines in a trailer, it's not for Wolf Creek too. Just FYI. Cool. Uh, that, that's all I've seen trailers wise, not, not seen anything else else you've got? Uh, yeah, the teaser for Wreck 4 Apocalypse, which oh. looks like a fairly standard zombie film, to be honest. Um, I don't know, I'll probably like it more than Wreck 3, but it doesn't look like I'm gonna like it more than Wreck 1 or 2, frankly. Um, 
watch Boyhood and uh, the trailer for As Above So Below which is a uh, found footage film about um, uh, these people going through these catacombs under Paris and evil shit happens uh, I'll watch it at some point don't know when can't say I'm particularly looking forward to it there's a couple of interesting images in the trailer looks like it might actually have a little bit of a budget behind it which is nice for found footage frankly but um I I can't say I'm pumped. Oh, and I, I saw the trailer for that Blended that you talked about on the show oh, maybe last week. Fucking horrible, isn't it? Yeah, bloody whatever. It was exactly what you just said. What you said, Adam Sandler wants a trip to Africa. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's it. And people, when when you when people go and see that, they are essentially paying for Adam Sandler, his mates, and his family to go to Africa. Sure. Not, but they're not paying him to do it, to go. They're paying him to go, and then they're paying him lots of money so he could have the ability to do it in his own free fucking time. Mm. Yeah, no, no, quite, yeah. It just, I... Whatever. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think that that was about it, to be honest, yeah. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to Boyhood, though. It comes out in July, which is cool that you've got a film like that coming out right in the summer, you know. Um, so I'm sure we'll be reviewing that on the show anyway. But uh, let's move on. We'll have a clip from the trailer for Transcendence, uh, or we'll have a clip from Transcendence, and then we'll get into that. Rift. So two years ago, it was all about the disconnect. People texting instead of actually talking to each other. Social media as an invasion of privacy. They made a big deal of putting smartphones in blenders. I'm afraid we all missed the real threat. Yeah. This guy, Joel Edmund, was with me for a year. The guy who shot Will was working on campus since August. They infiltrated their targets and then coordinated their attacks. That's insane. An hour ago, they claim the murders and release their manifesto. Artificial intelligence is an unnatural abomination and a threat to humanity. They're determined to stop any attempt at what you call transcendence. Okay, so Transcendence is directed by Wally the Fisty Fister and uh, stars Johnny Depp, Paul Bettany, Rebecca Hall, Morgan Freeman, Killian Murphy, uh, Clifton Collins Jr., uh, which is always nice to see. Uh, at least yeah. I think that was that hit. That was him, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Totally. Okay. And uh, was that Lucas Haas as the um, the shooter? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, story is uh, Johnny Depp is Doctor Will Caster. Um, he's a brilliant scientist person who's uh, trying to uh, basically achieve the singularity, but um, he calls it transcendence. I'm sure it's got nothing to do with the fact that Roland Emmerich's been working on a film called Singularity uh, for for a while now, um, so they couldn't use that name, maybe. Uh, but yes, uh, he is shot by Lucas Haas. Uh, that's not really a spoiler. It happens in the trailer and in like the first 15 minutes of the film uh, with a radiation-tipped bullet, and uh, he and his wife basically plot to have his consciousness uploaded into a supercomputer that they've been working with. And uh, once he's there and once his physical body is dead, is it him or is it the computer? Uh, questions of uh, consciousness and how you can tell whether someone is actually them or not are um, unveiled, along with um, a few other things. And uh, yeah, let's just take it from there. Um 
Mark, uh, so this film has been the the regular let's make a snarky tweet about it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, surprisingly ousting Amazing Spider-Man 2, um, even though that comes out in the US next week, so I'm sure that will be uh, upon us soon. What did you think about the Fisties Transcendence? Um, we'll get into that, that other bullshit later, uh, because we will, because I've got the film to start off with. Um, I went into it um, expecting um, to be watching a, quite a kind of a kind of, you know, I don't like the term smart blockbuster, but it, it is appropriate. Uh, a kind of smart blockbusteriness of it all, you know, from the trailers um, that we got and from the fact that, you know, you, you do have essentially uh, an, an early star and a, you know, a, a very strong supporting cast certainly there. Um, but what we actually get is a very kind of... Um, an absolute sci-fi film that exists very much uh, within its own own world, um, and it isn't trying to exist outside of what happens within the film. There's, it, it's a very grand idea, and as with grand ideas films, uh, it's not trying to reach outside its own bubble. It's just accepting you to. It's it's, it's asking you to accept what goes on within its bubble. Um, and at the heart of it all is actually um, a, a very emotional story um, between um, your two central characters, um, which isn't, uh, strangely enough, Dr. Um, Will Caster and Joey Depp isn't the sort of the central character as such. The, uh, it's Rebecca Hall's, uh, Evelyn Caster and his, his wife. Um, you've got, with that there, you've got their relationship and how she so much wants to latch onto this um, the, the, you know her husband uh, and will do anything to, to keep that connection going that she takes this extreme option which is available to her uh, and believes in it so much to the to where she she loses reasoning etc and it, it creates it once it gets out of control she almost shuts down as she knows it's out of control but there's still that possibility that it's still him. Um, I, 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 I really, really liked it. Uh, I think it's, it, it has issues, um, one of which is, is from an aesthetic point of view. I, I do think it's, it's strange and quite brave of um, Wally Fister, who, of course, made his name um, as a cinematographer, um, to actually... to. to basically get somebody else to come in and do the cinematography and it would seem like he's actually he's allowed Jess Hall to very much control that element of it um, and he's he's looked at it from a director or a business gone right well I'm directing it but I've got this guy he's shooting it and it, it does seem like it, there's not it, it doesn't look like a, a Nolan movie all the time. It, there's a lot of Nolisms there, but it does have a different look to Wally Fister's shooting style. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I very much enjoyed it. There are, there are a few issues with it, but I think that it very much it is, it, it's people wanting to find fault in it rather than people actually finding fault in it because 
because we always have to have this thing, it seems now, where we have to have a movie that we can pick on every week and Transcendence is this week's movie. Quite, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, so I was dreading Transcendence going in. Um, I was absolutely dreading it, and particularly so after Strange Colour of Your Body Sears, which I watched. So I saw Transcendence this morning, and I watched uh, Strange Colour of Your Body Sears yesterday, and I was terrified that it was going to be two films that I was really anticipating this year, and that I was going to be let down by both of them. Um, so I went in very, very edgy about it, frankly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm not gonna, this isn't like, say, John Carter for me, where I think that's a genuinely fantastic, great, 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 great blockbuster, which has been completely misunderstood by a lot of people, or not given the chance by a lot of people, John Carter. I, I certainly see flaws in Transcendence. However, I think that it's a surprisingly subversive and, and, and you know, really rather intelligent sci-fi horror. Mm. Um, but not a horror kind of like in terms of what's on screen, but the implications of things. And I also think it's interesting in how damning of humanity it is. Yeah, yeah, that is the the whole kind of crux of it um, is um, people always fear what they don't understand. That is the entire crux of the movie. People don't understand and they aren't willing to understand. All they want to do is because they don't understand it, they don't want to have... They don't want to try and understand it. They just want to shut it down because that's, that's easier than trying to understand it. That's it. I mean, like, they, they, I mean, so let's get into it then. I mean, like, there's, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. But I, I'm on the same page with you on this, but as you on this, but oh, there's, man. there's a key bit about two thirds of the way through the film where Morgan Freeman and Killian Murphy are shown around this place and then straight away afterwards they're just like this is wrong we've got to inform the FBI he's got an army and it's just yeah. like alright at what point has he shown any aggression or made yeah. any threats about anything it's all he's shown is, is someone's blindness being cured yeah and you know a bunch of pretty amazing shit mm. and the, the, the response and then the entire third act is we've got to stop him before he does dot 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 what and then when yeah. I mean the grand plan is kind of unveiled and that idea of the nanotechnology going up into the clouds and coming down in, in rain is I, I think it's awesome right right here can I go a mini ramp mode now go on right this is a sci-fi film. It is an unabashed sci-fi film, right? Um, and the thing about sci-fi films is if you go for a big idea sci-fi film, which Transcendence is, this group, that's what I was say, saying before, is it exists within its own world. You can't, you don't have a sci-fi film that is based on science facts. They are science fiction films. They are based around an idea and the absolute I the, the absolute best outcome of that idea. So the nano uh, what's the thing is that yes that they'll pull up it a rain and they can do all of this. 
trying to break down the science of that and saying, yeah, but it's impossible because he wouldn't do this and he wouldn't do Fuck off! It's a science fiction film. It's not a documentary about what might happen. You've, you've got to allow yourself with this to, uh, to accept that this film exists within its own world. It's not saying this is what is going to happen. This is what could happen. It's saying this is what happens within the fabric and within the world of this film. So either go along and enjoy it, or be a wild little fucking fun bitch and not enjoy it. But you can't criticise the science of it, the future science of it, and say, well, that wouldn't happen. Don't question the science of a sci-fi film, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's yeah. Because people have been very, very sniffy about that particular thing. It is. But, it's the same people who. It's the same people who were fucking crawling about fucking gravity and saying, "Oh, well, that wouldn't happen." Oh, fuck off and enjoy something for once in your life. You miserable set of bastards. Nice, but yeah, no, so nice. Um, the, the, but the, I mean, the the whole idea of him basically wanting to better mankind. You know, I, I, frankly, if I was in this film, I think I'd be one of the people walking in to the data center and saying, right, let's do this. Mm. You know, know, in, in all honesty, it just, the, I mean, the idea, I mean, he says himself, yes, they're networked all together and can work like a collective mind. And yes, there is some kind of creepy stuff that he does, that he does with that. But at the same time, he doesn't show really any of that threat no, unless no. he's provoked. But even when he's provoked, he doesn't attack anybody. He just disarms them. Yeah. You know, there's, there's none of that, and it's it, it's a very it, it is a very sort of smart movie in the way, it, it, even when you're looking back on it and you're trying to look back and say, well, and it, it can think, actually, no, he didn't. It, it, there's no, it, it's just, he gets, it, it, he almost like he loses the human ability um, to convey what he's trying to do. And he's, 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 before he's done it, he's essentially, he's trying to surprise her and yeah. say, look at what I've done. It's the, they mention it and say, you know, he just wants it to work. He doesn't want to change the world. She wants to change the world. But he wants to change the world for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a, almost like a gift to her. So he doesn't want to say, look at what I've done. And until the absolute moment where, remember, guys, we are all spoilers all the time, where he realises, I've lost you. You, because you don't think this is me. You think this is this is computers, and it's not. It was me. I you you. I've lost your faith. You've I've lost you. And it's then when he says, "This is what it was all for." Yeah. When it's it's maybe maybe too late. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's 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 interesting that this isn't like Frankenstein. This isn't the scientist's hubris. Mm. Uh, you know, or anything like that. I mean, it. it I mean, it, there's the bit where he's talking to Paul Bettany's character, like just before he dies, where he says, uh, "Well, you know, whether they're kind of thinking about whether to do this or not." And I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, "You and I know this isn't going to work, but you know, 
she needs us to do this. Mm. You know, yeah, and so like you say, it is all for her. And that, because, I mean, I think it's interesting as well, because a lot of people, well, I, 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 well, I've seen a few, uh, people complain about the fact that the start of the film flashes forward to the end of the film. You know, and which I was kind of thinking at first, that's, you know, that's weird, because then, like, you kind of know, alright, well, the main two people die, Corbett and he's okay, blah, blah, blah. But what, I kind of realized is basically it's kind of setting your expectations a certain way and then sideswiping them, but in a kind of like a between the lines kind of way, because you almost the, the ending, you're almost kind of thinking, well, humanity's one or something with, with it at the start of the film. And you're thinking all the way through humanity's going to win. Humanity's going to win. But then basically at the end, humanity's pretty much fucking lost. I mean, you know, Paul Bettany says, it says like, um, you know, the internet was supposed to make the world a smaller place, but without it, the world feels a lot smaller. And they are in an appreciably worse state um, than they would have been if De- if Depp's character was allowed to do what he was doing. And the thing is, is they could they could turn it all back on. They mm. could turn it all back on. But the fear is, if we turn it back on, what if it's still there? And that's the thing. What if, what if, it, what if it's cured itself? What if it got to that level where it could do that? You know, that's the ideas. There's ideas beyond, um, where, where it finishes. It, this film still has ideas going through it. Um, I think it's, it's definitely, it's the best I've seen slash heard Death be in a long time. He's not just doing a version of, um, Jack Sparrow for the first time in ages. It kind of felt like he was doing some sort of accent for me. Like, it was just, where are you from? Like, Liverpool I, you know think, by way of somewhere in America. Do you know what I think that was? I think that was Johnny Depp as he talks, not Johnny Depp doing an accent. <laughs> yeah. Not Johnny Depp doing the Jack Sparrow thing, or the, uh, the thing that he did in the Hunter S. Thompson thing. Yeah, um, sure. I think that's that. But we've just been we've been so used to um, these these deaf caricatures rather than characters for the past. God, what? When was the last time he actually did? You know, Public Enemies maybe. Rum Diary was very good, but was it was it vintage deaf? Probably not really. Um, you know, so it's been a long, long time that we've since we've seen Depp be really on top form, and I think he's. He's very, very good in, in, in this. It's, it's nice to see him in something that's interesting. Um, and, and it's always nice seeing Paul Bettany in anything because he is, frankly, a great actor that wastes himself in a lot of crap a lot of the time. Totally. And I, and I think he sells the sections of the film which I wasn't as keen on, which is the bits with, with the Rift people. Like, Kate Mara... I've been watching yeah. House of Cards lately, and she's basically got one mode, yeah. and it's the kind of like the slightly sulky, slightly bitchy hair a little bit forward and head slightly down, and yeah. I can get away with anything because I'm pretty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. And I, I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what the fuck they do with her as Sue Storm in the Fantastic Four film. Uh, that's interesting casting but um that that whole rift thing i wasn't too keen on but then 
you know, you, you know, they're not really the good guys. I mean, frankly, they're kind. They are kind of the bad guys of the film yeah. because they're the ones yeah. who aren't willing to actually sit down and 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 really listen. So, I mean, they, they say at the start the whole kind of like you're trying to create a god and like Will Caster's like, well, isn't that what man's been trying to do their entire life? But you know, I I I, I don't know. That's a weird moment because he's not really trying to create a god at all. He's just trying no, to create something for the betterment. Yeah, but it, 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 it's, I think it, it's one of those things where there, there, it's, it is a group that is just angry with something yes. that it happens to be that. Yeah. The fact that they're using technology to take down technology, the, the fact that, that, that Paul Bentley actually calls them on it and basically says, oh no, it's, it's actually not, it's actually Will Caster said, you know, they, you know, they, they don't have an irony deficiency at all. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, it's there's clever moments within the within the script like that. And I think that the it's it, it's very much it's very much fits to setting up a stall um, early on of this isn't a blockbuster, by the way. This is even though it costs a hundred million dollars. Even though it costs a hundred million, it's one of those where I think it, it's very much like he's gone. Do you know what? I want to make this movie. You're going to give me a hundred million fucking dollars. I'll make a hundred million dollar version of this movie. It ain't going to be a blockbuster, but fuck it. You give me a hundred million dollars. You can see him being perfectly happy with his next movie, whether or not he goes on to direct again, or whether or not he switches back and does a few more um, uh, DOP things, and then occasionally, you know, goes back to the directing. I don't know. I'd love to see him direct another because. What also is one thing, this is his first, this is a directorial debut, and it's not often that you get a directorial debut from somebody who gets a hundred million, but, you know, when you, you know, when the, the guy in your corner and your fucking mentor is, is Nolan, you know, it, it is a little bit like, he's, he's sat down and going on with his movie and it's this, called Transcendence, and it's this, he's going to want a hundred million dollars, and the studio's gone, eh, and then Nolan's gone, give him a hundred million dollars, and they've gone, oh, okay, yeah, we'll give you it. Mm. It, it, it is that, um, and you know, it, I don't understand this this will that people have for something to to, to fail, to, to to not make money. It just it makes no sense. It's not your fucking money, you know. Why do people? Oh, that's gonna flop. No, it's gonna it's gonna flop. Why do you care? The thing is, I, I mean, I, an I, interesting filmmaker who's made an interesting film, and um, all people give a shit about is how much money it might lose. No, quite. I mean, but I mean, that's that's the narrative that seems to have been designed for this. You've got key players in there who it's a story if they, they have a, tum- a stumble. It's yeah. a story if Wally Fister's first film doesn't knock it out of the park. It's a story if Johnny Depp again has a film that financially underperforms. You know, the, these are things that fuel that, and it allows people to be snarky and whatnot. And it's I. I I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of people out there that Fister doesn't do himself any favours with making friends, let's be honest. You know, I think he's a really fucking interesting guy. I think he's a really interesting filmmaker. And I think he's a fucking... You know, the film, let's be honest. Jess Hall has made some alright looking films. But if Fister would have shot this, it would have looked a lot fucking better. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I will say I think the look of this film is completely uninvolving. But then again, there's not an awful lot. I mean, like a lot of it is out in a desert. But I think Fister would have done more with that. Oh no, that Fister, is... Fister would have. He would. He, yeah, he he totally would. Have. And I mean, like like even interior scenes have a kind mm. of a dullness to them, which 
I, I thought was odd. Yeah, I mean, Fiston, you know, he makes gorgeous-looking films and really fucking vibrant and, you know, exciting-looking films. Mm. And this this doesn't have that, that vibrancy. It does, however, and the thing that Fiston has been talking about uh, a lot is films like um, the Abgonite, the Abgonite Strain and uh, Sound Running films like that, where they are a more sombre, you know, visual look and visual feel. So maybe, you know, that is the reason why he, he, he's looked at that. And maybe he wanted it to have more than just, right, I'm good at shooting stuff. But I want, to, I want people to look at, I don't want people to just think, I don't, what, I don't think he did what it was. He didn't want people to go, well, it looks really nice, but it was always going to look really nice. Maybe there's that. But, yeah, it, it's, it, it doesn't look as nice as maybe it would have if he'd have shot it. And I think that's what people were expecting. But the fact that he has been so vocal about, let's say, digital photography for a start off yeah. and 3D and things like that hasn't enamored him to um, some quite powerful people within the industry, we'll say. Yeah, no, that's that, that's interesting. I mean, I, it just... I don't know. I mean, I, I can, wonder... Can we story about him? Because him, he only shot it on 35mm. Yeah. Um... But he also developed it photochemically, wouldn't have it uh, developed digitally. He was that finicky about it. Yeah. And as well, from what I understand is this was still being edited together like a month or so ago. I mean, fuck. That's that's interesting. and, And as much as I did like the film, and I did like the film a lot, you can kind of tell a little bit, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, the third act is not as strong as it should have been. I think the... I, I did the, the, the whole kind of the conflict at the end does feel a little bit like, blur. we've got to just get on with it and here we go. And I mean, it kind of doesn't help that you've got Killian Murphy and Morgan Freeman's characters there who, particularly Killian Murphy, don't really justify their screen time all that much. Um, what do you think that if that was somebody less recognisable than Killian Murphy it would matter as much there's, I, I, there's Frank, a similar thing I think you could say for Cole Hauser as well oh no yeah totally even though it's nice to see Cole Hauser but I mean, it's nice to see Cole Hauser or anything especially Cole Hauser looking like a fucking badass military bastard yeah yeah no absolutely it, it, it just I don't know it, I wonder whether if this had half the budget if it may be the third act would have been maybe more insular and more talky and maybe better for it instead of explosions all over the place and um, yeah. CG nano stuff rising out of the ground, and which I was okay with. But I've kind of got a feeling as the budget went up and maybe as the casting went up in A-list capacity maybe the film itself got dumber. Uh, not dumber, I, 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 but yeah. less intelligent, say. Yeah. Um, I do think that, that, that Transcendence is one of those films where, in a few years' time, you know, once the dust has settled and once people are aching to, to shit on something, people will start looking back on it and going, it's actually, it's, you know, it's a pretty... The people... You'll get a lot of people going, oh, well, I liked when it's first out. And you kind of, you'll get people going, did you? Did you really? 
Or there'll be a lot of revisionism about it, I would think. It'll end up becoming a little bit like Jackie Brown. Yeah. Where so many people shat on it at the time, that, but when you hear about it, people talking about it years later, you'd think that people thought it was the greatest fucking movie ever made. Yep, absolutely. There'll be there, there, there'll be a different narrative on this in a couple of years, and you'll get a lot of people shitting on it now who will will turn will turn the tide on it. And I mean, I don't know. It's going to lose a shitload of money. I hope Wally Fist is not scared off, but it basically means that we've probably got five less intelligent sci-fi films with a big budget coming down the road than we would have if this was a success. That's the problem. Is is also as well historically, um, big idea sci-fi doesn't make money. Mm. It just doesn't. Sci-fi struggles to make money. So you know, big idea sci-fi. Um, it is always hard to sell because people don't like the idea they might not understand something. Absolutely. I mean, but, they I always mean, fear what they don't understand. We're coming back to that again. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, um, uh, sorry, guys. It's definitely not shit for me. Absolutely definitely not oh, shit. Oh, uh, 100% definitely not shit. I mean, I'm, I'm in terms of my letterbox, I'm going four out of five. I'm, I would not... be. Yeah, I, I, I'd be at a healthy eight, eight and a half out of ten. I, 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 it'll be a day one um, Blu-ray purchase for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll be buying it. I'll, I'll be buying it pretty quickly. It's, it has got, it, it has got problems. Oh, and I will say Michael Dannon's score as well. I thought was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it has got problems. I didn't love, 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 love it, but I really really enjoyed it and I've got a feeling that might actually go up in future watches I think it's if people actually watch it and they take the time and they actually listen and actually get the nuances of the plot then I I don't know I think it would be enjoyed an awful lot more I mean the fact that the end of the film humanity is in a worse place than where that you know it, it, than where it started even though I will ask I will ask, what what do you think the last shot meant? The, what is it? The, I, 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 I'm going to go fucking um, romanticism on it. I think that they, that, that before they, what is it? The, 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 there's a line of dialogue that's going over it where he says that, that he just wanted a place where they could be. Well, it's also, they could be. it's also uh, the fact that as, as she's dying, he says, think of a place, think of our garden. Yeah, I, I reckon that then the, the, the virus didn't wipe them out, that he's just sent them there. The minute they turn anything back on, they'll go back. But at the moment, they're able to exist in that form, mm. in that space. Okay, that's. And I, I, I'm happy with. I'm happy with things like that. It might be bollocks. It might not be true. It might. I might have just pulled that out of fucking nowhere. But do you know what? I don't care. No, I don't that, like that, that was that, idea. that was exactly what I thought. Because you've got the drop, yeah. and then you kind of see the nano stuff in the water. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, 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 it's. In two ways. One, I hope it doesn't scare Wally Fisk off because I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with a £60 million budget. Sure. Where, where he's going into a playground where people aren't going to go, aren't going to be immediately willing it to fail. You know, and it is, if you go into this movie wanting to enjoy it, 
are trying to enjoy it, you will. If you go into it wanting to pick holes in it and wanting to not enjoy it, then you're probably not going to. But you could say that for any fucking movie. Yep. You know, it comes comes back to the to this, this aching feeling that at the moment people are enjoying not liking movies more than they are enjoying liking movies. Mm. And movies are great. It's a lot more fun liking fucking almost everything you watch. Trust me. Absolutely. No, good, good, good. I like that statement. And, uh, yep, yeah, so that's two definitely not shits for Transcendence. Uh, give it a chance. And if you disagree with us and you think that we're talking shit, why not email dudeinamonkey at gmail.com? If you agree with <laughs> us, do that as well. Why not, eh? Hey, yeah. Go on. Yeah, um, just, just, please. Just, just, just justify our opinions or give us a chance to call you cocks. Yes. Uh, so, uh, let's get on to, uh, the last, uh, f- full section of the show, uh, for this week as we talk about the next part in the untitled John Milius Marathon, as we take a look at 1975's The Wind and the Lion, and here is the trailer. Enjoy Sean Connery and his wandering accents. of state to the president. On July 12th, Mr. Ian Pedicaris and his family were kidnapped from their residence in Tangier, and their servants and retainers brutally murdered. I am the right shooter. This act of barbarous criminality appears perpetrated by Mule El Razuli. Do not laugh at me again. Sheriff of the Riffian Berbers and last of the Barbary Pirates. true defender of the faithful and the blood of the prophet runs in me and I am but a servant of his will. I am not a man to stand by and condone barbaric acts which are perpetrated against innocent women and children. You are in a lot of trouble. You should never have moved that bishop or kidnapped me. Both will see you undone. It is not I who decides the outcome of these events. It is the will of Allah. President Roosevelt will have your head for this. A man's worth is counted in the number of his rights. Does this, uh, Roosevelt, does he have such men? Quickly, we're going to make good an escape. We must seize the government and make our own negotiations. What about the French, the Germans, the British? Damn the location!
President Roosevelt made an agreement with that man being held over there, and President Roosevelt keeps his agreements. If I had my way, I'd invite him to settle this thing between the two of us. Than the Lion, directed by John Mears, obviously, 1975, starring uh, Sean Connery, Candice uh, Bergen, and uh, uh, John Huston um, as uh, as the assistant, uh, the Secretary of State, even to uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, story is um, Candice Bergen and her family are captured by. Uh, Razuli um, and his band of men, played by uh, he's played by Sean Connery. Uh, she basically learns to appreciate him as he uh, takes her about, and uh, Teddy Roosevelt and his Secretary of State plot to save her. Um, so it's Americans, yay! Razuli, yay! And random Germans, boo! Mark. Uh, this was this uh, is the uh, only Milius film I've I've not seen yet, um, and I'm I'm, a, I'm you know I'm, I'm you know from memory and it's been a number of years since I've watched some of them. Um, from memory, I'm I'm quite a big uh, Milius fan, um, but this film is really really bad. <laughs> it is. I mean, I've gone. I, 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 I'm interested to see what you think. Um, Sean Connery is terrible. Not just terrible, but terrible at the point where, while you're watching him, you're looking and thinking, oh my God, you actually think you're really good in this, don't you? You think you're really profound and what you're saying has meaning and depth and gravitas. And what it actually is, is you're just Sean Connery in a shit costume talking. Um, it is, it's, it's under two hours long, um, and I am not joking, I was cataclysmically bored. Uh, during it, I had to turn it off halfway through to do something else and then come back to it later on because I was so bored that I was just, it was on, it was on the screen, I was watching it, I wasn't doing anything else, but none of it was penetrating my brain because my brain had gone, whoa, no, 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 can't let you in, can't let you in, you'll fuck things up in here, no way. Um, it, it, it's really, really bad. It's, it's a full of terrible performances, terrible people. The only interesting bit of it is that Teddy Roosevelt was a bit of a mad bastard. Um, what did you think of it, Ian? Um, okay, I didn't hate it as much as you. Um, I wasn't a massive fan of it either. Um, I will say, the miliousness of it is only really there in Connery and Roosevelt's characters, I feel. Um... It, the violence, it's weird how they cut away from everything every single fucking time. Um, it's to get, it's to get that, that PG action, you know, adventure certificate. Yeah, 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 no, sure. Um, it, I don't know, it's, 
Yeah, I, I, it just, it, it's like the Conan, the destroyer of the Milius films, I suppose, in that regard. But, um, it just, it's really, really bitty. And, yeah. It kind of feels like each of the sections should have had more in them, frankly. Like the, um, Sean Connery and, uh, Candice Virgin and her kids and whatnot. They, they, like, they seem to form a connection just over the space of, like, two scenes that are interspersed by, like, 10, 15 minutes of Teddy Roosevelt being a mad bastard, as you put it. Um, and, and, you know, and, and towards the end, suddenly the, the boy has suddenly got a massive boy boner for Rizzuli. And uh, there's that does, doesn't the really embarrassing scene where he goes to sleep and he's basically dreaming of Rizzuli and how awesome he is. Um, they all, they all do. They all seem to be a little bit like that. It, it's like Connie read the script and went, "Yeah, could you put more everybody thinking I'm fucking wonderful in this, please?" Yeah, I mean that that's that's the thing. I mean by the end, he's got the Americans like siding with him. He's got the like the natives siding with him. He's got everybody siding with him, and they just introduce Germans just to yeah. have a kind of a relatable bad guy along with the uh, along with some other uh, bad guys it just and, and yet and yet you've got the scene about halfway through where the americans basically march through this town and then just murder the fuck out of a bunch of people <laughs> and yet it's supposed to be like rah rah jingoism go usa which you know, yeah, is, it, it is milius, but well, it, yeah, it is, and it, it is, it, you know, there is, it, it, it is milius kind of, you know, with the whole preposterousness of, of, of Roosevelt and you know, and focusing a lot on his bravado and everything like that, and, and it it does do that, and that is that that is very um, sort of um, milius kind of things, um, but. Um, yeah, it, it, it also it peppered, like you say, it's very, like, with all these these bitty scenes, which are essentially Sean Connery stood around saying stuff that he clearly doesn't even understand what he's saying, but that he thinks he's smart and profound, and his character basically going, "Look, fucking great, I am." Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I'm great, but actually, he's just a bit of a sexist bastard. Yeah. And Candice Virgin's basically going, you're not great, you're not great, you're not great. Okay, you are kind of great. Yeah, yeah you're not great, you're not great, you're not great. But I, I, I kind of like, I kind of, I kind of like you. I don't want to fuck you, but I kind of like you. Yeah. I, li- I like, I like that you're a bastard. Yeah. Um, I like. I'll be happy for you to molest my son. Yes. And soul him. Yes. It is a little bit like that. It's just, and it, it, it it's so boring. It's so so boring. I mean, it's it's interesting when I'm going when I'm going. I don't care. I just want you to end. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's interesting as well because I mean, in the context of the time, I mean, it was around the time where basically the um, the lunatics had the keys to the asylum in in Hollywood, where all the studios were just like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Let's just have this lot try and do stuff, and we'll see what sticks. And so it's like Milius has said, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to make it into a family-friendly action adventure. 
But then it's this, which has got really, really questionable sexual politics. It's got Americans straight up murdering people, and yet that's, like, cheered for. And... I don't know. It, it just ends with a well. Who who are the real bad guys? Oh, I don't know. A bunch of nondescript Germans. Yeah, I mean the real bad guys are pretty much all of them. Sure. In a in a sense, in an actual 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 sense, they're pretty much all bastards. Um, but it just but they try and sort of say, well, these are the heroes because of this and this and this. But it it just the whole thing just didn't seem to actually make any sense. And once again, it is, it is Milius taking a real thing that actually happened and then Milius in it. But this, the problem is, is, like you say, he's tried to make it a family-friendly, you know, swashbuckling, entertaining, kind of pirates on sand kind of film. But it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, t- to be honest, but I've got nothing much else to say I've on it. I've got nothing else to say other, other than please, nobody waste your time watching it because it's just crap. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I liked some of the action scenes. I kind of enjoyed Sean Connery and how much of a ego he you, is in the film. You see, I, I really don't like Sean Connery at all. I think he's made some. He's made a handful of all right movies. Um, but I just, I find him an off-putting presence in films. I know I'm in the vast minority on this, but I just, I can't work out why he's so highly regarded at all. Okay. I, I, but I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it is shit, but I'm, I'm not going to go out there and say that I absolutely fucking loathed it because I didn't. So there's that, I suppose. It, 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 it's a without question, definitely shit for me. Um, it, yeah, oh, it's just, it's just so boring. Fair enough. Okay, so um, that's going to do that. What's what's next week? Are we doing Blue Ruin next week? For the main review. Yeah. Oh, the main review. Yes, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the Milius one. Uh, oh, let's have a look. See what it, what is next week. Uh, let's, do, 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 do. let's get his filmography. Uh, what we do? Well, I'm just finding his filmography. Finding what we're doing next week. Are we doing Blue Ruin next week? Or are we, we are. doing Bad Neighbours? Uh, Blue Ruin, cool. Yeah, Blue Ruin's fine by me. Um, uh, got Big Wednesday. Yeah, Big Wednesday. Yeah, okay, cool. Let's do Big Wednesday. All right, nice yeah, one. So, um, uh, John Minnis' uh, semi-autobiographical uh, surfing movie, Big Wednesday. I've never seen it before, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, one I have seen a long time ago. Um, so, looking forward to getting back to it. Very nice. Uh, very nice. Okay, so, um, let's get into some Twitter questions to round out the show. Um, just getting them now, unless... You have them, Mark? I don't. No, okay. Um, <laughs> um, we'll just try and sign in, and Twitter can stop being so fucking slow. Oh. Here we go. Wait a minute, I, I do actually have them now, actually. Okay, cool. Oh, I'll do it. Uh, let me just go back, see if we have anything. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I don't know whether I've got all of them, but I think I do. Uh, so if I miss one. Uh, TGP73 uh, The Ginger Prince um, says 
Edwin Finich, um, Barbara Bursche, or Anita Strindberg? Finich. I is that you're going for Finich? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a tough one, that one. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree there. Just just, just out uh, Bad Bush, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm agreeing with you on that one. Very nice. Um, Avery Cinematic, the new Hobbit film is now called The Battle of the Five Armies. What have been the best and worst film name changes? Ooh. Um, oh. oh, this is a good one. Um... Uh, let me check it. I'm going to say it and then I'm going to check it, which is probably going to be a really stupid thing to do. I think uh, while you were sleeping was originally called Coma Guy. I seem to remember that myself, um, which I think is great. Uh, I also seem to remember um, that uh, the working title for uh, American Pie was something really quite good. Uh, but let me just check and see. I'm, I'm, I'm right, I'm right I, I, on the. I while you're doing that, I will add. Um, Hancock, which was originally called Tonight He Comes. Yes. And it was, was it. Like, literally because the initial draft of the script did have a large bit about him basically needing to get laid. <laughs> That's, yeah, 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 that, that, that works, yeah. Uh, American Pie was originally called, um, yeah, uh, by the way, um, what's why it was originally called Coma Guy. Um, <laughs> I'll try to find the American Pie one. Because uh, there's been a few where you've had like different names in different countries for films. Uh, like Leon was called The Professional in America. He's, he's one of the popular ones. Uh, there, um, there. So I, I will say, I think probably the, the best one would probably be Saturday Night Fever, which, which was originally called The Tribal Rights of the Saturday Night. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think that was probably a good idea, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to find these. What is it? But I think that the original title for uh, American Pie was um, teenage sex comedy that you'll that would can get made for under ten million and probably won't lose most of it, or something like that. <laughs> it was something. It was something ridiculous. Nice. Uh, oh, uh, go on to the next question, I'll find it. Okay, Glenn Chapman. Provide a filmmaker equivalent for the following football managers. Mourinho, Wenger, Ferguson, Rogers, Guardiola. And he says Mourinho's clearly Michael Bay. Um, <laughs> which, Who have we got again for those, then? Okay, Mourinho, Wenger, Ferguson, Rogers, Guardiola. Okay. Uh, right. I'll let you go first. Wenger, I'm going to say David Fincher. Like, just, like, cold, calculated, unfeeling, likes young people. <laughs> um, oh, by, the way, by the way, just to dip in, American Pie was originally called Teenage Sex Comedy that can be made for under 10 million that your reader will love but the executive will hate. Nice. That's good. Yeah. Uh, right, let's have a look. Um, I'm going to go... I'll, 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 we'll do it as you've done Wenger as David Fincher. I'm going to do him as... as Adam O'Goyne. 
It, it might look really fucking pretty, but there's fuck all going to happen with it. And Fair when you actually break it down from looking pretty, it, 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 it doesn't work. Very nice. But occasionally it might win some awards. But I am for the past nine years. So who, who, who we got next? Who, who are you going for, Mourinho? The thing is, I think Bay's a really good one for Bay, him. Bay, Bay would be my first one, as in, you know, he'll he'll get results, he'll make money, um, people will watch it and will indulge in it, but very few people I like. Hmm. Okay. Um, except Michael Bay, I think I I would much prefer of a pint with Michael Bay. That's true. Um, um Ferguson, fuck. Spielberg. Spielberg. Oh, you bastard, yeah, that's good. Because, you know, no matter what happens, he'll always come to none of the fucking roses. It, it, might, it, it might have shit to work with, it might not on paper be very good, but it'll always make fucking money, and critics will always say it's great. Oh. It's Spielberg. Rogers, oh. I'm going to say Ben Wheatley, because he's rising up, rising up, rising up, and it's just like he's just going to break through to that massive, massive success, but he's just not quite there yet. He can taste it, but he just he just needs that one film that's going to push him over the edge into absolute mainstream acceptance. That would be Rogers for me. I have no idea with Rogers. Possibly because I have a, a very strong emotional attachment to the guy at the moment. Um, Rogers, shit. It would Rogers be for me. Um, oh, fuck. See, I don't want to say anybody and it make it sound like I'm saying somebody amazing just because it's mighty. I would say possibly even somebody like fucking Herzog, where Rogers has his own ideas. They're his ideas. Sometimes it might work and it might look amazing, and sometimes it might just just not be there. But they're always going to be his way of doing things. So oh. there's it. I will and just say Mourinho. Actually, I will just say James Cameron. Yeah, yeah, that's a good show. Actually, Guardiola. Guardiola. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Motherfucker. Christopher Nolan, and here's why: because. Guardiola started out at Barcelona's B team, Barcelona B, where it's not like starting out at, like Man United's B team or Liverpool's B team. Barcelona's B team playing the second tier of Spanish football. And then all of a sudden, from having a couple of seasons there and you know doing all right, he's given the fucking keys to the fucking city, which similar with, uh, with Nolan when he was given Batman. And he didn't just trickle on and, you know, say, well, I've got Messi, I can just do this, and just trickle on it. He made his own thing of it, and it was fucking magnificent. And then in, like, five, six years, he's gone from being, he's a good young manager to he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. It's yeah. been that fucking quick. Sure. That's a good, so, yeah. yeah. Nolan. Nice. Christopher Nolan as Pep Guardiola, and we are done for this week's Dude in a Monkey podcast. Uh, so I can hear the kid um, screaming and whatnot a bit downstairs, so I think I'm going to have to get downstairs in a minute. But I'll just say Blue Ruin next week and uh, Big Wednesday. 
So Big Blue Ruin Wednesday will probably be the episode title or something <laughs> like that. Uh, at, at Dude and the Monkey, at Ian Loring, at Dude Foz, uh, uh, Dude and Monkey at gmail.com. Thanks very much again to Noel for joining us earlier on. And Mark, anything else to add? No, uh, just hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed the, the show, guys. Um, and keep on listening. Nice one. Cheers all. Take it easy and we'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Cool. Bye.